either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become glorious. No, I won't give in. I won't give in till I'm victorious. And I will defend. I will defend. That's not true. That's impossible. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. What are you doing? Getting a life. Hello everyone and welcome to the 1UP Culture Cast, your source of knowledge for levelling up in the water popular culture. My name is Trent and with me is some rebel scum, Jarrah. Hey guys, so today we are previewing the latest Star Wars movie coming out this December 15th and it is called Star Wars Rogue One. Yeah, it's going to be the first of uh, what they're basically calling an anthology film. So these are standalone episodes, they're not the standalone episodes, they're going to be confusing. It's not the episode 1, 2, 3 kind of timeline and story arc that we're yeah. getting. It's separate from episode 7 um, going into episode 8 which comes out next year. Um, this one is its own sort of beast and it sort of takes place between episodes 3 and 4. As you said, yeah, it's uh, happening just before A New Hope mm-hmm. and uh, we get a few little, I, I felt they were tie-ins to you know Hope. They keep saying that word, and I'm like, right, you know, because this is all about... Rebellions are built on hope. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this whole movie, as we said, is going to be happening just before the fourth number, mm. the very first one coming out in 77. Um, so we've got the Death Star in this one, uh, so, and we have a lot of things that are that are recognisable. So we've got the Death Star, which it looks like it's pretty much complete. So I'd say this is pretty close to episode four. Yeah, like obviously when the A New Hope started, the Death Star had just been completed mm. and they're ready to sort of show it off and, you know, the power of this uh, battle station kind of thing. Uh, so theoretically, it looks like it's pretty much done. They're sort of putting the final pieces on. Um, it definitely looks closer to episode four than episode three. Very looks much like they, so. They've definitely the Empire is established and you know, you've got your Stormtroopers and, and, yeah. and Darth Vader we get to see as well. And that seems obvious just outside of the Death Star itself as well. Like The narrative that seems to be coming through in these trailers suggests that the Empire's kind of really sort of put their foot down on a lot of these colonies and uh, planets and making their presence sort of known in the worst way possible. Um, so it's hard to tell exactly how close A New Hope is, but it looks like it could potentially even lead into the very start where they get the uh, sort of information to Princess Leia. Um, Whether we see a Leia cameo, hard to say, but you don't need to. They can just sort of say they've sent it off to a a rebel ship, which turns out to be uh, the Tantive Four, which is what we see at the start of Episode Four. Very, very well done remembering that one, uh, just off the top of your head. Look, I may have uh, continued that sentence a little longer while I was trying to remember it, but uh, uh, thankfully I didn't have to go on a paragraph's worth of uh, exposition before I got there. In actual, we've kind of had a similar thing recently with Fantastic Beasts mm. kind of doing a, a prequel. Uh, I mean, this is quite recent. We've had Hobbit and whatnot do it as well. Um, we've and had Star Wars do it. Yeah, and, and now, <laughs> yeah, and we've, we've got Star Wars do it. Obviously, they started with a prequel. So they're going back, and I think we're going to get to see a lot of what we saw with Fantastic Beasts, as in tie ins to things we know are going to mm. happen, obviously. So they're, they're not necessarily relying on our knowledge of, you know, all right, so this happens, and, and then that happens in episode four. So, you know, what do we need to do here? But I think we're going to get some hopefully subtle i hope they're not just too blatant but some subtle hints as to you know straight after this like you said you know sending them off to layer or not we don't necessarily need a cameo it'll be interesting to see how standalone it actually is because obviously this has been marketed as kind of a standalone movie it's its own thing it's a one movie story they're not doing sequels for it they've announced there's not going to be a rogue one 
two kind of movie <laughs> the anthology films will move on to different characters or events but be, it'll be interesting to see like as someone perhaps who's never seen star wars can they come into rogue one watch it and make sense of it all or is it a standalone film in the sense of you still need the to know star wars to really get it and i'm hoping they can do this as as a standalone we <laughs> think we're just going to keep using that uh, that terminology um because of the gap we've had since so like, like i said it's been three decades four decades now coming up to yeah. cu- coming up now uh, on yeah, next year will be the 40th anniversary 40th anniversary hope. yeah um that's 2017 it's not such a new hope anymore no it's a very old hope that happened and, it's a middle-aged um, hope middle-aged hope oh that just sounds lovely anyway they're gonna have a lot of uh, viewers that weren't alive when the first one came out now obviously yeah not so much us as we watched it yeah. but much younger viewers that probably didn't even bother to watch the original trilogy now because they're like that's old that's from you know, the 70s and 80s and why would they bother well there um, are people who have come into Force Awakens as their first Star Wars movie just mm. as I'm sure there were people who came into A Phantom Menace as their first Star Wars movie back sorry. when it first came out I'm sorry if that was your case that you, the first m- movie you got was Phantom Menace. But it's interesting the amount of people who have started with that movie. Like, even not necessarily those who started because, oh, I'm like a kid and Phantom Menace is coming out, that's the one I'll watch. Like, uh, I know people have introduced new people, new Star Wars fans through going, I guess, the... Uh, chronological? Yeah, I guess you'd say not, like, their chronological, not our chronological mm. order and started with Phantom Menace and I know people who have just started themselves on episode mm. one. I have to I have to stand up for Phantom Menace a little bit um, because, I mean, it wasn't the first Star Wars film I watched as in I had seen the other three but it was the first one that I was alive for mm. when it was released. Same. Uh, yeah, I, I assume so. Uh, and uh, so, I mean, yeah, it wasn't the, my first introduction to the Star Wars universe and I know I was fairly young yeah. when it came out but i enjoyed it as a kid i enjoyed it yeah, yeah. entertainment um, value i enjoyed it. i didn't realize its flaws until mm. i got much older and i started looking into it a little bit more uh, so i understand people who were that age when it came out were looking at it going you know this this is terrible what have you done yeah and younger younger viewers were really enjoying it and i think that's something they're going to have to try to do with rogue one yeah, is, younger viewers got pod racing and double laded lightsabers like yeah, well, for now the enjoyment there yeah exactly they've got um for all of those people they've got Force Awakens mm. is most likely their very first, you know, Star Wars film. So I mean, I think it makes sense for them to have done it in that order, which was something I was going to ask you. Do you think they should have started with uh, this kind of anthology series, or start the way they did, going straight back into the main storyline Star Wars franchise? You could say it's maybe hindsight. Looking at it now, I think it was definitely the right move because Episode Seven did a lot to right the wrongs that a lot of people had perception-wise when it came to sort of the, the Star Wars series since uh, Return of the Jedi. Obviously, the reception of the prequels was mixed at best. Um, and whenever you get a new company kind of taking over production and you know, Disney sort of doing everything with Star Wars now, George Lucas having nothing to do with it for better or for worse... I think you kind of needed to get off on the right foot. And the way Episode 7 did that was to do a massive nostalgia fest in Episode 7. And I think that, you know, it was still very much enjoyable and it was a fun movie to watch. And I really enjoyed it. But I think if they had started with Rogue One, and I mean, we haven't seen Rogue One, so we're only speculating, it would have been harder to win people back over, I think. Because it looks like Rogue One's going to be very different in pacing and storytelling. The fact they've got uh, director Gareth Edwards involved means it could be very uh, hit and miss as far as perception of. Because you look at his previous movies, um, they're very reliant on certain aspects. And 
potentially uh, trying to use that as your big reintroduction to the Star Wars universe in a Gareth Edwards style would be risky, although I think it looks like it's going to be a good movie. Yeah, I think it looks like it's going to be a, a very fun movie. And it looks like we're going to get more space battles. Yeah. Uh, we're getting more ships and, and flight and uh, less force. I mean, and, and I say this, I say less and not none because we do still have references to the force. Mm. But for the most part, it looks like we're kind of staying away from the Jedi on this one, mainly for the sake of there's only two Jedi. I'm saying Jedi in the galaxy and, and they're the Sith. Yeah. Darth Vader and um, Sidious. So, you know, who, who else are you going to have as your, as your lead in well, this? Well, technically, so, Ben Kenobi was still around I, at that stage. Yeah, but he wasn't doing yeah. anything. He was hermiting. In the, yeah, he was hermiting at the time. He yeah. was watching a boy grow up in the desert. That's such a creepy... So, like, this this Obi-Wan Kenobi movie is going to be kind of interesting because, like, what was he doing for that time? Was well, he literally just being a creep or was he having adventures? I'm actually curious to see where they set this potential Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. Like, we don't necessarily know when in the timeline it'd be set. Um, it could be set with still very much young Ewan McGregor-styled Obi. Mm. Or it could be old grizzled Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Um, um, I realise, I, I should also, like I mentioned that with director Gareth Edwards, for those who don't know the movies he's done, uh, it's the 2014 Godzilla um, which is a big example of a hit or miss. You know, some people loved it, some people hated it. There's a lot wrong with it kind of movie. And the other one he did, which got him Godzilla, is Monsters, which visually is incredible. And you definitely, both of those movies are visually stunning. And you can see in the trailers for Rogue One, it looks like it's going to be the best looking Star Wars movie we've had so far. But story wise, uh, it has its ups and downs. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how his storytelling style translates to Rogue One. Is probably how I should have specified when I was talking about it. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand what you mean there because I mean, yeah, it's a good thing you did say what kind of movies he'd had in the past because a lot of people wouldn't know. I only knew about Godzilla. I didn't yeah. know that he got that from Monster, yeah. which I haven't seen. Mo- Monster or Monsters, Monsters uh, it was sorry. sort of an indie release that yeah. came out a fair few years before. It's a good movie, um, but I think a lot of people go into it expecting it to be a monster movie when it's not at all it's more kind of like a travel movie that just happens to have a beast or two in the background yeah um yeah Yeah, cool i've heard of it but i haven't i haven't Mm. seen that one yeah worth a watch yeah um anyway yeah so as i was saying there's not going to be jedis in this Mm. one we're going to have uh more i guess relatable characters maybe um with the yeah not with the force connection and i mean we're also gonna get this with a han solo film yeah it'll be interesting to see how they do the very first one that doesn't center around a, a character being a jedi now, Jin could definitely be going on that path. Mm. Uh, and, and for those of you, because this is the first time we've mentioned that name, uh, Jin is the main character. Yeah, who, Jin Erso. Jin Erso, yeah. Who, uh, my first thought is she's just going to get compared to Rey, um, most, most definitely, which for better or worse, I think that's going to happen. Mm. Uh, and I'm just hoping that this is just as good of a, a performance so that it doesn't take away from either. Yeah, I think the important thing is they need to distinguish major differences between the characters. Mm. I mean, obviously, you don't want to be doing a, oh, well, she's a girl and that's a girl, so we've got to compare those two characters. But it is inevitable when you're looking at such a massive franchise who are, you know, in uh, episode 7, Force Awakens, debuted their first lead female protagonist who, you know, ran the show in a lot of ways when it came to Rey. Um, And then for their very next movie, we get the same thing. And it's another Caucasian brunette yeah, so you do get a lot of visual similarities, and they both kind of have that slightly rebellious. Yeah, maybe it's talk the rebellious back. and the really strong personality. Yeah. personality uh, that kind of draws comparisons. Obviously, we haven't seen 
uh, how Jin's going to be played. Mm. So it could be completely different, and there might not be any parallels. Yeah. But I think just from a before the movie uh, stance, yeah, it, it's going to yeah, be as inevitable. of right now. It looks like they could be maybe a few too many similarities. Um, they, they both have family issues as well. Like, yeah. <laughs> they both they, have daddy issues. They both have an issue wherein their parents, or in this one, Jin's just father. I'm not sure about mother's side. Well, it looks one. like in one of the trailers we might get a flashback where the mother hands her the kind of little crystal thing. Yeah. That goes, the necklace that she's wearing. Which um, was another thing that may be a lightsaber crystal. That could be all. There's all sorts of crystals mm. that could have lots of relevance. Yeah, it could just be diamond esque. It could have absolutely no relevance. Like, who knows? Maybe her mother was a Jedi and that was from her lightsaber and she's passing it down. I I have no idea. Could be completely unrelated. But uh, yeah, I mean, they have a a parent who left them quite early on on a planet and Mm. uh, now they're chasing after them, finding out what's what's happened to their parent. I mean, there's so many similarities there. Uh, And in this one, we see her parent, who I can't remember his name in the movie, uh, I know the actor's name is Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, it's Galen Erso. Galen Erso, yeah. cool. I hadn't looked that one up. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he, he's apparently like an engineer on the Death Star. Lead mm. one. Yeah, it looks like Designed he's it. a fairly important figure because the fact that Jin is the daughter seems to be one of the major reasons why the Rebellion gives a damn about her. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see just how involved he is and... It looks like his story is going to be quite compelling as well because it, you get that feeling he doesn't fully want to be there, but at the same time, yeah, you know, he's doing it to protect his family. Seemingly, I guess because if he said no, the Empire would be like dead. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they go about that. Um, Although, ironically, it's because of him like building this Death Star that happens to Leia. Yeah. They're like, hey, do what we say, and Leia's like, no. And they're like, okay, so we're gonna blow up your whole family now. Well, she did kind of like she did them where the rebel base was she was just off by about a couple of years of when they were there yeah but they yeah. were there yeah that was what was important yeah, they were at Dantooine it's not her fault they probably moved away a while ago yeah quite but, a while ago. and also they destroyed Alderaan before finding out that that was a sort of misdirection so yeah yeah turnabout's fair play I guess I guess yeah, it just sucks for the people of Alderaan yeah it really does mm. a moment of silence for the people of Alderaan Ba-ba-ba. Oh, I was going to put like some horns or something in there, but I'm just leaving your your impersonation of a horn. <laughs> um, so I guess that leads us into a few of the other characters mm-hmm. uh, in this that we need to kind of make mention. I mean, we don't have names of a lot of them. A lot of them aren't going to be relevant until we get this movie and we find out whom they are. And some of those characters, I mean, we've got... Uh, like a, It looks like he's in a Stormtrooper outfit with long hair, um, just like a warrior. Oh, um, um, are you talking about Forrest Whitaker's character? No. Or, no? Uh, we've the also Asian got Jian, Jian Wen as Baze Malbus, ah, right. who is good buddies with Donnie Yen's character, which is Cherit Imwe. Yes, those yep. were the two characters I didn't know. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, we also have Alan Tudyk playing the role of uh, Sassy C-3PO, uh, better known as K-2SO. Yep. Um, Forrest Whitaker's character is Saw Gerrera, who is not his first appearance in the Star Wars universe, no. for those of you who have watched the Clone Wars animated series. Uh, and the other sort of main good guy to talk about is Diego Luma's character, which is Cassian Andor, uh, who's sort of the main guy, it looks like the, to be the lead male character. Yeah, in, in my mind, it's kind of, if we're going to keep comparing to like Force Awakens, he's kind of the... Kind of looks like Poe Dameron, really. Yeah. But, like, the expert pilot, kind of head of the rebellion kind of guy. I mean, it seems like he is 
involved in the rebellion already. Uh, and he's also the captain of Sassy 3, 3PO. Yes. Um, and I can't wait to see what Alan Tudyk does with that because yeah, he's fine. And we've got one of his lines in the in the trailers, which I, I did like about uh, being forced to help. Yeah, that was nice. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see how he as a character pans out. I have the same issue, kind of. I'm hoping he doesn't get compared to Finn and Han Solo and Poe Dameron too much yeah. and that he gets to be something different. He looks to be a little bit more reserved character-wise than your Poe Dameron's mm. or your Han Solo's who kind of play that sort of secondary role, which is good. And I think, yeah, in that kind of setting, I feel like he'll actually be a good sort of bounce-off character for Jin. Erso, um, who seems to be the more outgoing and sort of outspoken character who will probably end up taking over because of that kind of leadership. Yeah, her um, personality so, definitely does you know, we, seem We get like her doing the uh, sort of motivational speech in the trailer, which I'm hoping it's just the editing, yeah. but it looks really like cheesy. Actually, a lot of Jin's lines that we get in the trailer... I watch it. I'm like, I hope that's just how it's been edited for the trailer. Yeah. Because there's a few cringe moments there, and part of it's the line, but also part of it's kind of her delivery, sort of her accent, really, sort of. You know, when they were talking about it's a rebellion, and we rebel, or yeah, yeah it sounds like oh, <laughs> yeah. It, I'm hoping it's just the trailer. At no point has that line, like even the first time I heard it, has that made me be like, ooh, that was a good. Every time I'm just like, I just laugh at it. That yeah. is, that's ridiculous. Yeah. It's and, rebellion. Uh, rebel and again like with the second trailer she's doing that you know rebellions are built on hope or whatever and uh we have Yen's character Chirrut kind of does the stamp with the stick and it looks like he's just heard like the most beautiful song in the world mm. and it's just kind of uh, i hope that's not the line that makes him do that in yeah. the movie because otherwise that's a, that's a bit of a overreaction i guess yeah he's very but, yeah easy let's to, do this he's very like, easy to uh, inspire okay yeah yeah he's gonna send him in guns are blazing just because you were like well, they sticks, said something bad about your mama oh it's only in sticks are blazing Sorry, sticks are blazing yeah uh, i did enjoy his uh fighting scene as well mm. with the, the stick is he blind that's yeah. something i had yeah, to ask yeah blind. cool because it's something i kind of assumed from his look mm. and his movement and whatnot um but i wasn't quite sure um yeah i really enjoyed that that stick fighting and then the blasting uh straight after it yeah and the good thing is just from these trailers alone they're actually using donnie yen's martial arts ability unlike the raid guys in force awakens i knew you were going to bring it straight back to that yeah it's the like i really like force awakens that was the most frustrating thing about that movie was they got these super talented guys i get it when they're like you know tell that to kanja club and they turn around and then there's kanja club like oh it's the guys from the raid oh some serious fighting's about about to happen to go down yeah and we see none of that none of that just, I mean, they're fine actors, especially when you're talking about martial artists. They get eaten by the Rathtars. Yeah. And, and they don't I'll even get to, like, fight the Rathtars. They're just like... Yeah, they just disappear. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. That was a massive letdown, mm. and it looks like we're not getting that. Yeah, already one, we've so. had more action from Donnie Yen in one one of the trailers than we got from both of those guys. Yeah. Eko Wai and whatnot. And yeah, that's, that's definitely going to be a stiffler for you with your uh, fight choreography yeah. love, I guess. Is- I, I can be very critical of a fight scene. It looks pretty decent. And like- very critical when they don't use uh, actors' abilities, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to hire a martial artist, you get them to do martial arts. Oh, I agree. Arts. It, it didn't make no sense to hire those guys and then not have them do it yeah (laughs) it's just like hiring a musician and not having them sing you literally could have hired really any kind of filipino or like anyone with an accent because that was really all they used them for was that they had a different language yeah so hopefully they got a good payday out of it and met some people to do some good american martial art movies or whatnot i'd say so i mean with the 
Force Awakens, Star Wars. Yeah. You know, you're going to have some connections there. So, I'm, yeah, I'm hoping that works out well for them. I'm also looking forward to seeing sort of the uh, connection between uh, Chirrut and Baze because it looks like they've sort of got an old sort of standing friendship and relationship. We know Chirrut is very... He's not Force-sensitive necessarily, although I think that could change throughout the course mm. of the movie. Um, I'm hoping he throws down with Vader and kind of realises he has some kind of force power. Um, but we've got Chirrut who's very sort of spiritual in the essence of the force and we've got Vader kind of playing that Han Solo in episode four sort of, ah, the force is nothing kind of thing. Yeah. Good blaster at my side, kiddo. Um, I think that's going to be a fun sort of bouncing back and forth yeah, connection. Yeah, definitely. Because um, um, you know, as I said, I mean, most of the characters in this aren't force sensitive. So mm. I think it would make sense to have someone be force sensitive and then we run once again the risk of being related straight back to the force awakens wherein it turns out the ray is force sensitive mm. you know we find this out not at the beginning but like near Shocker. the end and if they do that with Jin, if like if Jin were mm. to turn out to be force sensitive uh, it would be very hard for them to yeah avoid that that kind of similarity yeah. between the characters it'd also be nice just to see them willing to do more um non-force sensitive leads because obviously, like mainline episode, sort of episodic Star Wars story, all the main main characters, you know, Anakin Skywalker, Luke Skywalker, and now Rey, have all been Force-sensitive, yeah. and they've all been Jedi slash turning Sith. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting if we literally get a movie where we get no Jedi, um, we get to see Darth Vader, but I can't see who they're going to put against Darth Vader, because when you put someone against Darth Vader in this film, like in a one-on-one fight we know who's going to win mm. because we know that Darth Vader is going to be there in episode four, five and six. So, you know, we know who's going to, to win. So they're going to need to do that very clever because yeah. you, you, you need to use Darth Vader in this. That's a big name character and merchandise. Mm. You, you come out with another film that has Darth Vader in it, you're going to be smashing out merchandise. And, and that's what this is about, really. It'll be interesting to see how they use him. Like, we don't know how much in the movie he's going to appear. It yeah. could literally be like a Luke Skywalker one-minute cameo. Um, but what? how you mentioned, like, if there's a Darth Vader fight, we know Vader's not losing. Um, that and, and we be... also know that this isn't... It, it can't build up to another movie because this yeah. is just a standalone. There won't be a, a, a sequel to this. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, basically... But, I mean, that can actually be used to great effect because if Vader's hunting them down, for example... And there's this moment where like, he's around the corner and they're trying to escape. It builds a lot of tension because we know, okay, if Vader gets there and forces out a fight, Vader's not losing. At best, they get away, but likely someone's going to die. Yeah, we have some real danger mm. in, in Vader chasing them down. And, and that's one of the ways that they can definitely use yeah. that, uh, his menacing presence in this. As, as an advantage mm. and I'm yeah hoping they do something along those lines I would be quite happy with yeah Vader chasing them down or something yeah here's the question I guess needs to be asked we know this is uh, a standalone movie we know within the context of the Star Wars universe that at the start of episode 4 and onwards we don't see any of these characters do you think like we're getting kind of like a Custer's Last Stand situation where they all die in pursuit of getting these plans or do you think like we get a couple survive to sort of you know, wander off into the universe and uh, presumably exist. Yeah, so yeah, we know we don't get another reference to them in episodes uh, four, five, six, or seven. Mm. However, they could bring one of these characters in into episode eight and nine. Yeah. Um, so they do still have that opportunity. So I I could see them yet yeah, 
Custer's last stand killing off everyone. Um, but I, I think they could definitely do this in a way wherein they could have a character from this standalone film then make an appearance in the main storyline. Like they've kind of been away from the whole fight for a while and the rise and fall of the... Well, not the rise. They were there for the rise. They, they were there for the fall of the, the Empire yeah. and just kind of went off, lived a normal life, and then the First Order's come and they've kind of like, oh, right, well, time to rebel again um, <laughs> and, and join back up. So, I mean, there, there is that possibility. Um, and, and I think I would like to see as you know, some kind of happy ending because at the end of this film, the, the Empire wins. Yeah. We know that at the end of this film and at the start of episode four, the Empire finishing off their Death Star, they're the most powerful entity within that galaxy. So the Rebellion don't win in this movie, and we know that. Uh, they can get a small victory, but in the end, the, if, if the Empire if comes out if on it's top. what I'm thinking the story is, and like I get the impression that they get the Death Star plans and eventually get to Leia, which in the context, obviously, like they're not going to end on a massive party like they did in episode six. But I think if the story is them getting the plans and then passing it on to the rebel, you know, Tantive Four, that's a victory for them. That's a victory, yeah. Yeah, and at the end of the day, that's what they set out to do. You know, they didn't set out to destroy the Death Star, as far as we know. Um, so to me, that would still count as a re rebellion victory. It's just not Death Star destroying victory that we see in episodes four, six, and seven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. It was nostalgia, but I still felt that episode seven, it still did its own thing for the most part. It yeah, just relied so heavily on nostalgia of every. Yeah, no, it was <laughs> I, I such love a episode seven, thing. but yeah, that I Starkiller base. We need to be honest with some of the, the, yeah, mm. the cons of that film. Yeah. You can't just be all in love with it. <laughs> no, it has its issues, but you yeah. know, BB 8. Doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's all good from yeah. BB 8. Um, so, I mean, we've, we were watching the trailers, sort of getting pr prepared for this uh, sort of podcast and the movie as well, because you rewatch them because it's so exciting it comes out so soon. Um, what from the trailer particularly caught your eye? Mon Mothma. Yeah? <laughs> no, I just I, I felt like I needed to mention that um, because I actually didn't notice Mon Mothma in the, in the trailers yeah. and now I'm going to go back and, and find that because you told me that, yeah, she was there. So. Yeah, one of the few uh, Holy Trinity female members that yeah. wasn't a stripper. Um, we get to see her in this one as well, which is good because I, it's, she's kind of an interesting character in what little time she got in the mm. uh, original trilogy. And it's, I, I do like that we're seeing some of these uh, Rebellion members that were in episodes 4 through to 6 still being around now. Mm. You know, because it, it just helps to establish that even though this is a standalone movie, it still connects and ties in. So the, the Rebellion, just before the Death Star is built, still has a lot of the same members as the Rebellion after it's built and destroyed and Which rebuilt and makes destroyed. Sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that also just reminded me of something, uh, uh, something on someone who I feel is going to be in this film because they're very recognisable and very recognisable within the Rebellion, and, and that's Admiral Akbar. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I feel like we're going to get an Admiral Akbar hmm. um, at some point. Uh, I'm, I don't feel he's going to be a, a very important, but and, and we haven't seen him in the trailers, so yeah. that is actually something that kind of excites me a little bit that I haven't seen that something that I was expecting to see uh, and you said you what, what excites me about this film like why am I excited for this and it is and I made a mention to it before but the fact that our lead characters are they're the rebellion we yeah. actually get a film about the rebellion instead of a film about another storyline of characters and Jedi who then join the rebellion mm. and then help the rebellion we actually get 
to, to find a bit of history and actually find a bit about this organization who get mentioned all the time they pop in all the time and they're doing stuff throughout this entire thing but yeah now we'll actually possibly get to find out a little bit about the uh the rise of the rebellion uh, and how that came about because i mean we have seen how the empire came to mm. be in the yeah. in the uh, in the prequels uh episodes Order one to three got executed exactly orders uh, well Episodes one to three, we see the rise, but we also get to see it in the Clone Wars mm. and uh, in, in a lot of that, that other media. Whereas the Rebellion is just something where we're like, right, that existed. So I think it'll be interesting to actually see how the Rebellion came to be, uh, who kind of brought them all together and where uh, and, and kind of who's in charge. Especially in the new canon, because obviously uh, before Disney took over, we had a lot of uh, expanded universe material, which did kind of cover some of those sections. Yeah. Um, but once Disney took over, they pretty much made it known that everything from that uh, is gone. It's yeah. not canon. It's part of a legacy series. So really, Disney can do what they want. And if they want to build up a new sort of story around the build up of the rebellion and sort of the main characters and people to care about, they can do that. So it'll be interesting to see just how far from the EU they go and how much maybe they draw from it to kind of chuck it in there to sort of make some of those hardcore fans like, oh, I recognize that sort of character or planet or yeah. story. Um, they've definitely got a lot of uh, chance to do that and and i think if Jin doesn't end up being force sensitive mm -hmm. that she could come back up in uh, episode eight uh so i, I think because i mean if she is force sensitive she's a jedi i don't think they can really do that um they they may have her assisting luke with training ray or something mm. um, but yeah they could definitely bring her back as a as a character in the well, Main especially, um, you, as far as characters that they could bring back, I think it's really, from what I can tell, um, the only people they could bring back are Jin or Cassian. Because everyone else looks like they're sort of fairly old and grizzled veterans. Yeah. And, I mean, we know between episodes 6 and 7, there's about 30 years of gap. And between episodes 4 and 6, you're looking at about 5 years, I think. We had 3 years between 4 and 5. I'm not sure the exact distance between... Five and six it can't have been that long actually but just in general like there's a fair bit of story that goes between there and some of those old guys are going to probably be in space wheelchairs by the time episode seven rolled around if they were still alive yeah so yeah i, I agree i think my idea of them being able to bring back a character it is yeah it's limited mm. to those two because yeah. no one else is gonna be around you mentioned you were kind of keen to see if admiral akbar sort of makes an appearance yeah um, one of the characters well not so much a character uh, that I'm curious to see how they handle are the Bofans. Because yeah. if we look back in episode four, the whole sort of point was that many Bofans died to bring us this information. information yeah. um, and as a little kid, I didn't know whether Bofans were a, sort of a planetary race of yeah. humans or whether they were you know, a new species. And they are actually mam a mammalian species, so they're not human. So we can't refer to Jin as a Bofan as such. Um, so I'm curious to see whether they're like middlemen in this kind of story or if they're kind of hand-waved out of that kind of canonical yeah. story to allow this group of people to be the saviours and the heroes of the rebellion yeah, no, I at that point I in time. Of that. It wasn't until you said the word Bofin. I was like, mm. oh, that's right. A lot of Bofin died bringing us the information. I remember yeah. that line and then I hadn't actually thought of it. So, yeah, that's a really good point. We'll get to see... Yeah, if they, if they address that. Yeah, because, I mean, Disney could easily just ignore that. And obviously you're going to get hardcore fans who remember that line, like me, mm. and be like, oh, but what about the Bofans? 
99% of people watching this movie are not going to give a crap if they even remember the line. But, but if that happens, I'm buying you a t-shirt that says, what about the bones? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be uh, pushing for that to be produced in mass appeal. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, the, that's the thing. With Star Wars, the 1% that will remember that line are going to be the 1% to then go up on the forums and make YouTube videos yeah. saying, but what about the Bofans? Then what about the Bofans? Hashtag Bofan lives matter. Really? Oh, it's even BLA. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It still works. Anyway, so after seeing those trailers, what is it that you're most excited to see this movie? Well, I I hate to say it because I'm one of those guys who goes on about narrative over visuals. And it's the reason why we'll lambast movies like Transformers. But... I'm so glad I'm about to get this on recording. Yeah, in the case of Rogue One, what we've seen in the trailers, visually this movie looks absolutely stunning. Now, obviously the original trilogy came out in the 70s, so it was working with the effects it had, and it still, in my opinion, stands up for the most part. It still looks really nice. Force Awakens looked good. Prequels, hit and miss. It did have some really nice parts. It had some dodgy-looking CGI. And oddly enough, some of that felt like it was because they had better technology they were trying to do so you much more visually. You can tell they went overboard because they could. didn't quite work. And, and for example, having a ship that it made, is made of mirror. Yeah. Looked kind of cool, but it, the first thing it raised in my mind was like, well, why is there a ship that looks so much newer than everything I've seen in mm. the the original trilogy happening, you know, like years and years before the, all of that? Yeah, George Lucas got a bit uh, trigger happy when it came to the special effects. Yeah. Which we knew anyways because he tinkered so much with the uh, original trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. But what I really like about the look of Rogue One is just obviously Gareth Edwards has an incredible eye for photography. We've seen it in Godzilla, we saw it in Monsters, and we're seeing it again in Rogue One. Some of the shots, uh, the establishing shots we see in the trailer, especially the beachfront kind of situation, mm. some of the, it looks like the city that they spend a lot of time in, and even uh, looks like the flashback when uh, Jin's father sort of gets picked up by the Empire. All of it just it looks jaw-dropping, just on a laptop screen watching it, you know, getting ready. I can't imagine what it's going to be like in the cinema when you've got the music playing and sort of the build-up of everything and seeing these locations. It'd be incredible to see what Gareth Edwards could have done with some of the iconic locations we've already seen. I'd love to see his take on a Hoth or an Endor. Um, because what we're seeing in these trailers visually, I think this is going to blow every other movie away in that department. Narratively, maybe not. Character-wise, maybe not. Visually, I think it's going to look incredible. Yeah, that was something I was going to say with the uh, the very the planet in that uh, flashback. So that's obviously the planet that Jin's going... It's her home planet. Mm. Um, I'm really interested to find out if that's a planet we already know about or if it's like a Bispin or something or if it is, uh, yeah, some, somewhere wholly new which... I, I think is what they would do because it's what they've done with everyone else. Yeah. Uh, and and the reason I liked that was it's not a desert planet. I know, right? Finally was, we get a protagonist who's not in. from a desert planet. Yeah, they come from like a, a forest planet with yeah. meadows and, and beauty. Oh, mm. it's fantastic. So um, I'm going to be really disappointed if it turns out that's not her home planet and she grows up on a desert planet. Yeah, that's Tat- not Tatooine, Tatooine or Jakku. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be ridiculous. But uh, could you yeah, imagine how from li- how far fewer references to Luke Skywalker we would have had with Ray if it had had have been a desert planet, yeah. Jakku? Like if you'd grown up in a marshland kind of planet or any other kind of planet it wouldn't have been so immediately apparent that they're just doing episode four mark what, what if she'd like grown up in dagobah though 
Yeah. Like it'd be a so, such a very different uh, uh, like atmosphere and, and the planet. Mm. But then, then people would be like, oh, but he trained there. Like, yeah, but he didn't grow up there. Come yeah. on. Like, let's, let's do yeah. something here. They, they both have sand in their pants. We get it. Let's yeah. move on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I like the look of uh, some, of, yeah, some of the settings mm. in this. And it does look quite, photography-wise, quite, quite yeah. beautiful. And the other thing I like is it looks like we're getting a proper war. And I mean, obviously, the original trilogy especially was built around a war and a wartime setting with the Empire versus the Rebellion. But we didn't see a lot of this kind of war atmosphere. Whereas this one looks like it's literally taking kind of World War Two scenarios and replacing tanks with ADATs, yeah. which is A-OK in my books. Um, and it looks like that could be really fascinating. The one thing, admittedly, uh, like we see the ADATs in the trailers... That's the example, like the trailer showing just a little bit too much. Mm. You know, in I think the very first trailer we got, or the you know, one of the first trailers we got, we saw a rocket launcher going after an ADAT, sort of hitting in the neck, and it kind of jerks to the side, and it's like, oh, that looks really cool. In the first trailer, that's where it cut. We didn't see anything. Yeah. I was just like, what's going to happen next? Is the ADAT going down? Is it still standing? This last trailer we got, which came out like a week ago. And I'm going to be honest, I... I like this. I'm just going to say it before mm. you say what it is. I really like this scene, yep. but I would have liked it in the movie and not in the trailer. Yeah. And so what happens, and spoilers if you haven't seen all the trailers, yeah. but tough. Um, While you're listening to us talking about our preview of the movie. But you should still listen if you I can take listen. the, the Jareth uh, opinion. We <laughs> see the rocket launcher hits the Adat, it kind of jerks the size, like, oh, and then it continues, and the Adat sort of recovers, and it looks like it's going to blow him away. It slowly turns its head back to them, you yeah. know, a bit suspense, like, I'm about to blow you up for that. Yeah. And then we get a cute little line which is separated from everything, and then the X Wings take it out. Yeah. Cool, awesome, that would have been amazing would have been so much more amazing if we didn't know what happened and like we just sort of see even if they showed the adapt turning around and it's like oh how are they going to get out of this come the cinema and we're in there it's like oh no here it comes <gasps> the x-wings yeah yeah it, they didn't need to show that no and this no. is the thing the force awakens marketing strategy was brilliant it's a new star wars movie after sort of some dodgy ones but everyone was excited for it they all I had to do is show Star Wars Episode Seven. That's your trailer, just the, the logo, and they would have sold their two billion ticket, uh, made yeah. two billion dollars like they did. That's all they had to do. They showed a bit, you know, the little, not too much of the story. They didn't reveal too much in the Force Awakens marketing campaign. It made two billion bucks. Everyone wants to come see Rogue One. It broke, you know, literally broke the online ticketing pre-sale mm. websites. It shut it down. It's already looking to make about $150 million on opening weekend. This movie's going to do well regardless of the marketing. We didn't need to see that. Advertising campaign just starting to show a little bit too much for my liking. And yes, you don't have to watch the trailers. I do because I'm doing a podcast about it. That's my excuse. Watch yours. But let's be honest, I have no self-control. I would have been watching those anyways. Yeah. And I mean, on that note, there is something in these that I felt they did complete opposite, mm -hmm. wherein they only showed us a tiny little bit of it and it actually did get me interested in this. And it's one of the things I'm really looking forward to this movie as I've thought about what's going to be in the movie and that's space battles. Mm. So we haven't had a lot of space battles up to this point. We really had... You know, uh, the in the original, the uh, on New Hope, we get them having their space battle and then going down and, and through a ravine, and that was that was pretty cool. Uh, but we don't get a lot of it, and we get a little bit in uh, episode seven as well, where they're kind of fighting their way through mm. to get down. But all of the war 
time winning stuff is either always happening on a planet's surface or on a ship. Like yeah. everyone's on the same yeah, ship. Except for episode six where we got a little bit of ship to ship war battle stuff as and well. I loved but it. <laughs> yeah, that was it was very limited. You look at the seven movies, there's not been much ship to ship uh space battling. Yeah, no. and, and this is their opportunity to mm to do that you know yeah. I mean even in episode 7 sorry I just remembered another one where they have all of the X-Wings flying in, uh, in uh, over Mars Kanadas mm. um, and that was awesome but we didn't get a lot of that it was just they swooped in they shot everyone and, and it was planetary as well yeah, exactly um, and it was on the planet surface mm. true yeah uh, but uh, yeah in this movie I feel like we're going to get more yeah. of those of those space battles and, and I'm excited to see the context them. either like we know it's some kind of space station it doesn't look like the Death Star it looks like a completely different yeah. ship or something which is good because it means they're not going to do any trench runs um, yeah. for once um, and especially the last one of the trailers there was a lot of TIE fighters coming out of that base yeah. so it looks like we're going to get a really epic looking sort of space battle like you were sort of talking yeah, about. Yeah, if they show too much, it can ruin the movie. It's one of the biggest complaints about modern advertising is the amount of movie that they show. Yeah. yeah. And there's been movies which have been ruined because you see everything in the trailer. It's like, well, I don't need to see that in cinemas. And that was what was so f- refreshing about The Force Awakens is I was going in knowing at Star Wars, I know a couple of characters, I didn't really know where they were going with the story. I didn't know they were going to do, go the way they did. Rogue One, I have a fair idea of what they're going to do. I feel like the main story beats are fairly obvious. And part of that's because it is sort of a prequel to Yeah, I mean, it's a prequel. Four. So you definitely know how it ends. Mm. And you have you, you have an idea of a lot of what happened during yeah. this, this time. So. But, but we sort of have the basic beats. We know Jin's father gets taken away. She grows up. She's rebellious. She gets picked up by the rebellion. It looks like there's going to be some skirmishes or something as, as they're sort of getting into position. And then they sneak on to some kind of uh, Imperial ship. You know, we see uh, Jin sort of dressed up as a... looks like a Death Star trooper, but it's got the eyes taken out. Yeah. I'm curious to see how they do that, because if she's walking around with no visor, it's going to be like, hey, you look different. Yeah. Um, and we've also... It looks like Cassian sort of dressed up as an officer. But the other thing is in that scene where we saw her in that suit, there was just kind of the three of them in an elevator. Mm. So there is a chance that that was just during that yeah, time and she put the visor back look up. Look who it is. Ha, yeah. ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. And then yeah. put the visor back up and walk. So they could mm. quite easily be doing that. Yeah, but the basic beats are fairly obvious. Yeah. Now, obviously, there's still a lot they can do to surprise us with this story. But hopefully, it's just not too like, ah, oh, yeah, well, that's exactly what I was expecting. Yeah. Because it'd be a shame, because this has a lot of potential, and it's a very important movie. Episode 7, we knew they were going to go on and do sequels and you know, more and more movies in that form. Now, we know they're planning to do more anthology films, but every other anthology film they've talked about is an established character. They're Han talking Solo. About Han Solo, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Boba Fett. Yeah. It's all characters we know. Whereas this movie, like the most iconic character outside of Darth Vader, because it's Darth Vader, is probably Mon Mothma. Now, yeah, actually. Yeah, I mean, obviously we've got our Forrest Whitaker's character, Saw Gerrera, who Sorry, yeah. fans of the Clone Wars might recognise. But really, if you're watching these trailers, that's the only one outside of Vader. You're like, oh, whereas if you, like Han Solo's movie, we know Lando Calrissian's in there. Yeah. You know? So we know at least two, probably three with Chewie. It's going to be like, oh, well, they're all characters we know. And it's such a wide universe, this Star Wars universe. I want to see more movies like this. I care about Han, I care about Obi-Wan, I want to see their adventures. But I'd rather see movies about this kind of thing. Characters we haven't been introduced yet, where they can just go wild and we're going in with no expectations. Yeah. Because the Han Solo movie can and 
possibly will be ruined by whoever's playing Han Solo. Yep. If he doesn't do a good job, if he's not a good casting choice, that movie's ruined. Yeah, I can't remember who it was either. No, I, I know Donald Glover's playing Lando. Sure do. Yeah, but I, I've forgotten who's playing yeah, Han. But I know a lot of people are uh, about it. But that's the thing. these Those movies are going to be reliant on the execution of that main character on our perceptions. And our perceptions they can't really control. Whereas with Rogue One, all these characters, they've got a chance. It's like a sandbox. They can do what they want with these characters. They just have to get to point C, which is getting the rebel plans to someone, be it Bothans, be it Leia. Yeah, and uh, I think as far as getting, as you said, all of the other ones are going to be uh, are based on, in the anthology, are based on an established character mm. from the main storyline, which shows us that we have the opportunity to go the other way around, to go a character that was just from an anthology into the main series, which mm. is... Like that that's really my reasoning for the feeling that they could be saving one of these characters for A is because they've literally done the complete opposite with all of these other anthology mm. movies. Um, but like I'm like so excited for these anthology movies. Uh, I really hope that they don't ruin the Han Solo one, but we'll see. We'll see how they go. Yeah, but I, I just sort of hope that if this movie does well, Disney will feel like they can do more of these movies where it's like we know nothing about this story or these characters, but it's Star Wars. How bad can it be? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not going to fail. Yeah, so. you just have to slap Star Wars on the title and it's going to sell over a billion dollars at the box office. Sure. It is. Yeah. And, and especially after Episode Seven, they've got a couple of movies, uh, Spacey, where if it's okay to not that great, people will still go, eh, but they're one and one of the news. Disney's yeah. one and one with these stories, or one and two, but they can bring it back to 50%. Yeah, we're not quite at that DC level yet where people... It's like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to risk my money on it. Um, one of the characters we haven't really talked about too much, and I'm not going to spend too much time on, but I do want to mention, uh, it is uh, Ben Mendelsohn's character of Orson Krennic, who looks to be one of the main, if not the main antagonist yeah, of the I would movie. say he would be the main antagonist. Mm. I, I definitely don't feel that that's going to be Vader. No, uh, he's, Vader's going to be a cameo He's too powerful of a main villain mm. for this Krennic can go down with um, the ship, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I think that, yeah, as I said, Vader, we know how that story is going to end. Mm. So by introducing Krennic, we've got, is he going to kill them or are yeah. they going to kill him? Is anyone going to die? We don't know what happens with this character. And he's looked really intriguing. I'm loving what we've seen in the trailer. He has a real authority about him. He reminds me a lot of Grand Moff Tarkin, actually. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, and the second I saw him, it was just instantly recognisable that he was... Uh, main antagonist in mm. this uh, um, his outfit is only slightly different from the the rest of the uh, Galactic Empire yeah um, it's kind of it's white but yes he, he does hasn't have been that, through the washes he does have that same yeah he does have that same kind of gaunt look mm. uh, about him uh, which yeah I, 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 I liked him like you don't want to cross him no I liked his look uh, in, in this I mean it was it was pretty simple and they didn't go over the top with it but yeah it looks interesting now my question to you is Ooh. how many times are you going to go see this in the cinemas one one okay Hoss. well yeah. yeah i don't know what the movie's going to be like so because but it is definitely going to get watched at least one time however if i were to receive some magical ticket that would allow me to go and see this movie as many times as i wanted to see it and not have to spend any more probably a lot more yeah because um, if you're in America, I believe it is, Regal Cinemas have released a limited edition ultimate ticket, which entitles you to go to the movie with this ticket as many times as you like during its runtime, which I am someone who does like to 
go to a movie more than once sometimes if it's really good. It's yeah. an expensive thing I like to do, but sometimes it is worth it. Sometimes it's worth Especially it. if it's a very visual movie, which <laughs> Rogue One looks like it will be. But this thing, like, you get your own sort of specially made ticket. It's got your name on it and all that. It's not just a regular little floppy piece of paper. It's fascinating that a cinema feels like they can do this. And the tickets are $100, so it's... You factor in how much uh, tickets cost, and you don't. I don't think you get food and drink with that, which would easily bump it up to a hundred bucks on one viewing. Right. So if it's like twenty dollars per viewing, you yeah. have to watch it like five times within its run just to get your money back. Yeah. yeah. There are people. I, I like. I've heard of people doing that with Force Awakens. Easy. Yeah. Um, oh, I definitely could have. I actually saw Force Awakens twice in cinemas. I I could have gone a third like, time. Like if I since wasn't. it has come out, I've seen it a lot no, yeah. probably maybe even 10 maybe even yeah. double figures uh, that obviously that's, that's not impressive in 10 times in a year yeah yeah mm. um, which is yeah I mean it was a couple times in I saw it twice cinema and yeah. then I'll be watching it next times week just on... in preparation for Rogue One and in preparation for Chicksmith but yeah I mean it's interesting I'm curious to hear how many they sell but it also is setting a potential precedent that if companies feel like they can produce these tickets and make enough money out of them It'll be interesting to see how often this becomes a thing. Yeah. Like, if they're doing it with Rogue One, they'll do it for Episode Eight. Yeah, Which definitely. is going to have more viewers, theoretically. And if it does well with Rogue One, they're going to do it with all of the Star Wars movies. Then maybe with the Avengers Infinity Wars kind of movie. Who knows how often yeah. they start to do this. It could be the new thing that they do. I'd buy it. For a hundred bucks? Yeah. Yeah? Only for certain films yeah. that I am going to... Like, I'm going to go see that mm. many times. Uh, and I think the difficult thing with that is figuring out which movie is going to be good enough to watch five or ten times yeah. in cinema mm. before you've seen the movie. Wouldn't you hate it to have got that ticket for Suicide Squad? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, that it would have been like, oh, cool, I've seen it once. I will go see it again because I bought that ticket. Mm. But now, effectively, it just cost me $50 every time I went to the cinema. Yeah. Yeah, and- so... And that's the thing, like it has your name on it, you have to do ID checks, so you can't just pass it off to a friend unless he has the same name. Which, if your name is Jareth, like me, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, good luck with that. (laughs) Uh, John um, Smith's out there, you can probably take the Yeah, you might be able to get away with it, but uh, I think it's it's a risky move, Mm. uh, made less risky by the Star Wars moniker at the start. Yeah. Uh, So I I think that, yeah, this is going to be a success, but you can't do it with many films. Would you take, like if you were in America, would you take the punt with Rogue One on it? No. No, you wouldn't? No, I wouldn't. No. Um, because I, I would take the punt on one of the main storyline mm-hmm. movies, but I, I just I don't see myself re-watching this film a lot. Yeah. Um, whereas with episode eight, when that comes out, I think I, I could see myself going back a few times watching mm. that. Um, but for me, no. What, what about you? Would you spend it on this one? Uh, look, if I was in a financial... You're a little bit more excited about those visuals than I am. <laughs> if I was in a financial situation where 100 bucks was justifiable on like one movie maybe um just almost because it is the first time they're doing it it almost be cool just to have that ticket in of itself yeah, like that true. is a collector's item in of itself first time um, they did that thing yeah, yeah. so it'd be kind of cool to have that and that of its own like if you're a collector if you're a hardcore fan adds to the value anyways yeah but like if, if i was living in america right now no i wouldn't because i couldn't justify a hundred bucks on a movie where I don't even know the quality of. As you said, like we don't know how good this movie is going to be. And as much as I do like Gareth Edwards as a director, like I did enjoy Godzilla and Monsters is really good. I don't know if his movies are the kind of movies I could re-watch again and again over a short 
period yeah right yeah it's it's not it's not christopher nolan kind of situation where i trust him so much as a director where it's like yeah i would like yeah see that was another one wherein uh when dark knight rises came out mm. if they'd done this with dark knight rises i would have had enough faith in that film yeah that director and i mean it's a series you know mm. I, I know what the dark knight series has delivered yeah. i i would have forked out for that one um mm. but yeah just because it has that kind of safety of the dark night of knowing yeah. what you're going to get knowing what the director is going to give you but uh yeah i'm the same i, I wouldn't mm. be able to put that just on on the director's name like i could nolan mm. with, with uh, edwards so yeah but on the good news uh, sort of on a good note in regards to potential quality of this movie we already have one positive review and it is kind of an important figure in the Star Wars... Well, it is an important is figure in the important, Star Wars it's universe. It's the most important figure yeah, in the Star Wars universe. Whether you value the opinion that much, it's up to you. Uh, George Lucas has... He's not come out in public and said this, but he did mention it to Gareth Edwards, who then kind of fanboyed out and told everyone. Hmm. Um, George Lucas has given it his thumbs up. Um, he likes this movie. Uh, he says, it's, you know, very positive sort of response to it, which is interesting because he didn't really say that about Force Awakens. He didn't say it was crap or anything, but he sort of comment when people are asking, oh, what did you think of Force Awakens? He said, it's what the fans have been wanting, which is kind of funny because he didn't know what the fans were wanting in episodes one through three. Um, so it kind of felt like almost like, yeah, this is what they want, but I wasn't going to make a movie like this. Yeah, and, and I can see that in the uh, case of lucas feeling like that was just a remake of his first mm. movie uh and and feeling like right so you're just remaking my movie uh but that's what the fans wanted yeah. and and him kind of justifying it in that way but yeah it is interesting he didn't give him that thumbs up like he did with phantom menace and clone wars mm. uh and and Re- revenge of the sith uh, revenge of the sith yeah. sorry i nearly said return of the sith it's return of the jedi that gets me every time well as that's well. because yeah episode six was originally going to be revenge of the jedi they changed it to return which makes a lot more sense because the jedi really shouldn't be going out for revenge no i mean um, that way works better with revenge mm. of the sith and return of the jedi but i'm just just thinking if they had done it around the other way it would have made sense like the return of the sith like yeah. the sith are back mm. um instead of the the revenge of the sith but yeah revenge of the jedi doesn't work no the whole thing is they don't do revenge yeah and revenge of the sith makes sense as well because yeah. they want revenge after being sort of quelled out by the uh the jedi council yeah, exactly. and all that um, so we're sort of bringing this to a close now. Where do you like? We look at the grand scheme. We now have seven Star Wars movies that have come out. Where on that kind of list? I mean, I think we're in agreement that Episode Five is the best of the bunch. Yeah. Yeah, and then Episodes One and Two are at the bottom of the yeah, pile. I think it was like five, four, six. Oh, I can't remember the order now. <laughs> but yeah, for me, we are in agreement. I know that much. Five, four, seven, six, three. Oh, one, that's two. right. I made this before seven came out. Yeah. <laughs> we're seven in mind is it better than a new hope yeah i'm gonna put it better than a new hope yeah. i'm gonna put force awakens as my second yeah as my second highest where like obviously this is just a i know where this show. is going but yeah yeah where do you think or where do you hope <laughs> this particular rogue one movie falls on that list where do i think it's going yeah. to fall obviously hope it, you'd hope it's better than five because that'd be amazing but oh, where do you think it might fall i'm gonna try and keep things pretty general i think it is going to be worse than the original trilogy and episode seven yeah but better than the prequel trilogy so, so you think it's going to be about the middle yeah yeah, yeah what about a, you that's fair enough um if it was slightly worse than revenge of the sip i'd still be okay with it because i didn't actually mind uh, episode three that much of the first three that was the best oh far and away but the yeah. best um 
I, I, I do, like, I expect it to be better than Revenge of the Sith, honestly. I think because it has less baggage on it than Episode 3 did. Um, I would be surprised if it's better than any of the original trilogy movies, mm. though, just because Episode 4 is just amazingly done. Episode 5 is one of the greatest movies of all time, not just Star Wars, it's just in general, it's, it's one of the it. best. And even though Return of the Jedi has things I don't like about it as much, because it was the conclusion, really, of that story... Kind of like what Dark Knight Rises does. It kind of puts it over because everything leading up to it. It still gives it a bit of a bump in that yep. regard. So I would say it's probably going to be dead set in the middle. And I'm okay with that because of the seven movies that have come out, I really like four of them. And the other, the fifth one's kind of okay, which is the third one. Yeah. Episode three. So yeah, I'm thinking middle of the pack and I'm okay with that. If it's better than Empire Strikes Back, fantastic. That $100 ticket will be so worth it. Yeah, that'll be worth it, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I reckon middle of the pack, which I'm okay with. Yeah. Um, anyways, we're going to find out about next week. We're going to go see it probably... I'm definitely yeah. seeing an opening weekend. If, if it's been out for more than a day, I've probably failed as the fan I am. <laughs> um, I'll be doing a spoiler-free review of it uh, on the Monday after it comes out. And then in two weeks' time on One Up Culture Cast, we'll be doing a spoiler talk edition of it. So keep an eye out for that. Be sure to watch Star Wars Rogue One, a Star Wars story before then, so that you can listen to it and agree or disagree with our spoiler talk thoughts. But there is going to be a spoiler free one out as well. The only other thing to sort of mention is if you want to keep up to date with One Up Culture, uh, both in preparation for these Star Wars. Uh, articles and in general everything else that we publish uh be sure to follow us on twitter at one up culture and google one up culture you should be able to find our official wordpress page which has access to all of the articles and all of the podcasts that we do so uh, i have been trent i have been jareth and may the force be with you